It was back in 2013 when I heard the news, when I heard McLaren was building something as great as their original McLaren F1, and the competition wasn't sitting by and waiting for this product to come out as well. They were working on new products too. Both Ferrari and Porsche were building competitors to what McLaren would bring out and create within the supercar segment. It would branch out from being just any ordinary supercars and become a hybrid powered supercar, better known to the Autolux world as a true hypercar. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to Autolux.net. I am your host, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. himself, bringing you our podcast from our host site, podbeam.com, and over on our own website at www.autolux.net, bringing you all the social feeds and links to all of our podcast channels. And if you're looking for corporate link websites, please check them all. Big or small, we have them all on Autolux.net corporate links tab. Today we're taking a look at our true definition of what a hypercar is. Yes, a lot of people are getting confused here. Even magazines, when I read them, and I always get pissed at this, it's one of those things that really makes me blow a gasket. Bothers me to a point when they call them hypercars. Anything that goes over 230 miles an hour is a hypercar. Well, to me, that still classifies as a supercar territory. Yes, anything over 200 miles an hour built and dedicated for top speed alone in an internal combustion engine format to me is a supercar. Hypercars is a variation of a supercar. They're dedicated to speed with the use of an alternative fuel source. A hypercar, or in terms of hybrid supercar. They don't use internal combustion engines. Like what would you classify a brand new Tesla Roadster? It's gonna crack the 300 mile per hour barrier. Do you call it a hypercar because it goes super fast? Or is it because it's an alternative fuel supercar? We call them hypercars. And in 2013, we finally saw it. Two years before that, we heard that McLaren was working on a brand new follow-up to the F1. Now, the F1 was the true definition of a balls-deep supercar, breaking the 230-mile-an-hour barrier for supercars around the world. The F1 gave us the fastest thing on four wheels. But that was back in the 90s. Here we are, 2013, and McLaren brings us the P1, their brand-new hybrid supercar, hypercar to us, to the market. Utilizing electric drive, they gained more horsepower from their vehicle. Not just adding output to the internal combustion engine, they added on horsepower from external sources. Ferrari and Porsche followed up with the LaFerrari and Porsche 918, which were also hybrid powered. Now this helped spawn a brand new race for hybrid supercars and alternative fuel supercars. We're not just talking about things built for speed. We're talking about things built for speed and that save the environment. But remember, we only said McLaren, Ferrari, and Porsche. That's three out of four. Lamborghini didn't follow suit. They didn't get into the hybrid ring because Lamborghini still likes to be ICE. And it really wasn't up until 2020 when Lamborghini finally jumped on the bandwagon and created their super capacitor Lamborghini Scion hypercar. Winner of the 2021 Autolux A-plus award of design 
excellence. The Scion not only goes fast, but also breathes a bit better. But Hypercars is an exploding marketplace with tons and tons of potential. But unfortunately, not everybody is getting into the game. Now, this new technology will help spawn new technologies. It'll have a trickle-down effect. You gotta remember, supercars, even breaking 200 miles an hour, the technology inside of racing cars and supercars is technology that is up to 20 years out from what production cars will be. Do you remember when we talked about the Dodge Viper and how in 1991, when it came out as a 92 model, it had 400 horsepower. But right before that thing died, it had over 600 horsepower. How the average muscle car these days breathes 500 horsepower. Hypercars on average are well over a thousand horsepower. Something we didn't see from an internal combustion engine until the Bugatti Veyron, which has two V8s merged together for its W16 engine. A thousand horsepower seems like a lot. And with hybrid power, you could sustain that. You could breathe 600 horsepower out of your ICE engine while adding well over two to 400 horsepower breathing through a hybrid system, most of which is attached to braking systems. There's a potential here for more power and more speed from hypercars. That is why most hypercars are starting to break the 240 mile barrier. Most of them, they all far exceed the 1000 horsepower. And this trend is just getting started. When you find companies like Koenigsegg with the Regera, Polo with the Aero, Arash with the AF10, Rimac with the Concept 1 and Concept 2, among many others, going to hybrid power. Hell, even Aston Martin Valkyrie, hybrid. Mercedes AMG Project 1, hybrid. McLaren Speedtail, hybrid. Alien and Arkham, hybrid. The Aspark Owl, electric. The Lotus Evesia, electric. Milan Red, electric. Pinferini Batista, electric. Pinferini H2 Speed, possibility being built as a hydrogen supercar. And in the near future, the follow-up to the vehicle that brought us electric, sustainable power, the Tesla Roadster. All of these products are either hybrid, electric, or fuel cell. They're changing internal combustion engines and our power source that power supercars for the future. This also gives us a better ability for design. Look at the Aston Martin Valkyrie. Do you think a product like that could be made in the 70s? Lightweight technologies through its power source and body construction that have been developed over the past 30 years help vehicles like that get built designs like that get built but just look at the tesla roadster the, the new one they said 2020 but we probably won't even see it until a 2022 model this new roadster is just a standard thing it's similar to that of the original dodge viper and the new corvette target topped wide stance low roof line simplistic design when you look at something like the lotus evesia with the massive amount of air ducts which allow air to flow over over and under it with such ease to create so much downforce that this thing sticks to the road like a piece of Gorilla Glue on your wall. Hybrid supercars are changing the way we look at supercars. The Ferrari SF90 Stradale and the Pinferini Batista both have front movable spoilers. The Lamborghini Countach in the 80s, if you watch the original Cannonball Run, had a dedicated front spoiler for more front downforce. It needed to stick to the road at higher rates of speed. Technology and engine capacity was expanding past the original design elements from the 60s. Now remember, the Countach was developed in the 60s and came out in the early 70s, but only exploded on the scenes in the 80s. So its design was nearly 20 years old by the time the power source in it far exceeded the design of the product. But with hypercars, having a smaller footprint for an electric power source in your vehicle, they can start working on different designs. Because now the power source is what's making you go super 
super fast. All these extra spoilers and downforce and air duct, they're not really needed. Yeah, we need to cool our brakes. Yeah, we need to make it stick to the road. But as long as you make enough downforce on the front end of your vehicle by the air flowing across its top, you don't need to move it all around. Hypercars are changing. The Rimac C2 has a profile closer resembling a coupe than a standard supercar. Look at the Lamborghini Scion and look at a C2. Scion has air ducts. Hard lines, creases everywhere. Whereas C2 doesn't. One's more simplistic than the other. But guess what? One far exceeds the other in power, performance, and speed. But really, since we're getting close to 300 miles an hour, what do we need to call the vehicles of the future? The supercars of the future that far exceed 300 miles an hour? Are they hypercars? Are they supercars? Or will we have to start using the ultra car tagline? If the new Roadster can far exceed 300 miles an hour, as predicted, an ultra car tag can be affixed to it because it is now a hybrid supercar it is a hypercar due to its power source but it far exceeds the limits of anything before it in an ultra standpoint in less than a decade hypercars have risen through the ranks of a just a limited production vehicle for high-end supercar manufacturers to utilize for extra profit to beef up their bottom line product to being an actual main product. Rimac bets on it. Alieno bets on it. Aspark bets on it. Milan bets on it. Pinfarini has designed so many cars over their history, but is now betting on the hypercar market. And even Lotus, instead of utilizing the Esprit name for their brand new supercar, they have chosen to go with the Evija. Why? Because the Esprit is attached to a supercar nameplate, not a hypercar nameplate. Hypercars are the supercars of the future. Their power sources have changed, but their dedication to what they're doing has stayed the same. Speed, power, and being the best at the best in the world. Setting track records, beating the competition. It's not just about profit margins, it's about being number one in the world for your company. So as the hypermarket, hypercar market grows, we can only see a slow and final demise of the supercar market in the coming decades. Whereas people slowly move away from their internal combustion engine vehicles and into hybridization, electric, or fuel cells, hypercar term will be more notable with the ultimate in speed, technology, and time. Do you have time for it? I know I do. With a couple of companies making the choice to slowly integrate themselves into it, we may still have a few strike in the standard supercar ring. Natural aspiration and internal combustion engines will be here for some time, but with the changes to countries around the world by 2030, hypercars may only be the future for some of these marks. And for that, we will be sad to see a couple of them go, as Bugatti is already falling behind with the possibility of being sold off to Rimac to save Volkswagen and Lamborghini being on thin ice, not having any hybridization, where Ferrari has already made a standpoint in stating that they want to move into hybrid and electric vehicles. Porsche moving that way already. Lotus going in balls deep. Companies like Lamborghini and Bugatti might just fall behind. So for us, a true hypercar is an alternative fuel vehicle. A hybrid supercar. It's not a supercar that goes super fast. It's a hybrid supercar that goes super fast. So from all of us at Autolux, we're taking a look at how hypercars blew up onto the scene and they're posing a risk to the supercar territory as they become the future of ultimate speed in the world. So if you like this podcast, please share, comment, or like it through any of our social feeds, through Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, or many others. And while there, please like, share, or comment on podbean.com, any of our other iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, LinkedIn, Stitcher, any of those products to showcase the work.
Networks. And if you're looking for corporate link websites to any of the car companies we have talked about within this podcast, or any of the images found below at autolux.net podcast, then head on over to our corporate links websites, corporate links tab, to see all of the websites from every car company from around the world. Big or small, we got them all at autolux.net. Strap yourself in for one fun wild ride as the hypercars take us into the future.